Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Abgenommen bedauert. the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk but stronger than steel. Today's episode of The Blue Beetle is entitled The Invisible Ghost. Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret operates as The Blue Beetle, today matches brains and brawn with a cowardly, ruthless gang of crooked slot machine racketeers. Can he spike their plans to flood the city with crooked gambling devices? Will he be able to uncover the mysterious leader who directs their activities? What is behind their endeavor to install their machines at John Doerr's carnival? As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett is visiting his old friend and advisor, Dr. Franz. Danny, I've been studying up on slot machines. Yes? You find out anything interesting? Well, uh, I'm convinced that the difference between an honest machine and a dishonest or crooked machine is very slight. In fact, I'd say the difference was purely academic. What do you mean, Doc? Well, of course, you realize I'm referring now to nickel and dime or quarter in the slot machines from which you'll return, if any, will be a handful of coins. Yeah. That doesn't include vending machines for candy, chewing gum, cigarettes, etc. Oh, no, no, of course not. I'm speaking about those machines where you put a coin in the slot, push down the lever, and pictures of fruits or birds or playing cards whirl around and stop in different combinations. Yeah, I understand. Well, if certain combinations come up, a certain number of coins will be returned to you. Sometimes as many as 40 may come out. Uh, that's called a, a jackpot. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of the boys in the force play the machines in Charlie's cigar store. And uh, how often do they hit the jackpot? Uh, I don't know. Not often, I'm sure. Yeah, precisely. Those machines are fixed in advance to release a jackpot every, once every thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, yes, even every hundred thousand times. In other words, if you were the only one playing the machine, you would have to put in 1,000 or more coins before you'd win the jackpot. Mm, but a nickel apiece, that's $50. $50 to win $2. Ah, there must be enormous profits in those machines. Yes, yes, there is. Now, now let's suppose the machines these racketeers are trying to install are reasonably honest. 
say, uh, 1,000 to 1, uh, which is average, yeah. In a place like John Doerr's Carnival, each machine should average 2,000 players a day. Let's say 10 machines were installed throughout the area. Oh, that's conservative. Yes, yes, I know, uh, but let's be conservative. 10 machines would get a play of 20,000 players a day, and the average amount spent on such machines is about 20 cents per person. Well, that's 100,000 nickels at 1,000 to 1 ratio. Uh, the machines would pay back 100 jackpots, or about $200. Yes, but the intake would be $4,000. Precisely. Intake, $4,000. Outgo, $200. And crooked operators will go to any lengths to make profits like that. Uh, just a minute, Dan. I'll see who it is, okay? Hello, Doc. Is the pride of the police force here? <laughs> if you mean Patrolman Dan Garrett, he's waiting for you, Madigan. Hello, Mike. Got the car outside? Yep. Are you ready, Daddy? Ready and waiting. Come on, Doc. Those crooked slot machine operators are going to get a big surprise when they run up against Officer Manigan and Patrolman Dan Garrett. Come on, Manigan. Let's go. <laughs> Off on special assignment, said Dan Garrett and Officer Manigan in the police car. What is their destination? What will they find when they get there? Will it be a simple routine cleanup job? Or will the will have to swing into action? Within ten minutes, the police car bearing Dan Garrett and Mike Manigan is pulling up inside the gates of John Doerr's car. Hello, here we are at the carnival, Mike. Yeah, where do we head first? Now let's look around a bit. Okay, then. Knock down a guilty dollar with a baseball. Giant your arm, big boy. Maybe you think you with the giant. Come on here, step right up. I used to play baseball with the Brooklyn Sandlockers. Why don't you try your hand at that baseball game? I think I win. Maybe I can win a cupid right. dollar for my youngster. Step right up, here. Come on, step right up. That's right, here you are. Great baseball for a giant. Now give me three of them bars. I'll show you what real pitching is. Sure thing, Lieutenant. Here you are. One, two, three. Thank you, uh, careful of your arm, Lieutenant Manigan. Remember, you're an old man now. Oh, yeah? Now cut out the kid and then watch this. Hey, better look out, fella. My pal here's cross-eyed. Okay, brother. I'll stand over here. Oh, one. Oh, that was just practice. Now watch this one. Uh, oh, two. Nice going, Manigan. And uh, the sun was in the eyes. Uh -huh. uh, but watch this one. Hey, hey, are you so cupid? Why, are you good, Madigan? You hit the proprietor right in the old conch. You sure know your cupid, Alice. What was that, Madigan? Oh, look over there. There's a crowd around that tent. Come on, looks like trouble. What's happened? Hey, everybody hurt? Come on, hey, come on, get back, everybody, get back. Oh, the conch, you'll have a look inside, will you? Okay, Danny. All right, get back, all of you. Make room here. Come on, make room here. Get back, all of you. What happened, Dora? Are you all right? Why, I guess so. That tempo fell on me as I was sitting at my desk here. Oh, wait a minute. I'll have Manigan call a doctor. You may be seriously oh, injured. No, 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 no. No, don't call a doctor. I'll be all right in a minute. Here, I'll get you some water from the cooler. Oh, thanks. What uh, caused the pole to fall, Dora? I don't know. Maybe one of the ropes holding it up rotted through and broke. Or was cut. Here, drink this. Thanks. Good. I feel better now. Have those crooked slot machine racketeers been working on you? Slot machine racketeers? No. No, I'm, I'm sure they had nothing to do with this. Hmm. Have any of them been out to talk with you recently? Well, uh, yes. When? Last night. Any trouble? 
Well, we had a few words. They wanted me to put some of their machines in. And you refused? Yes. Did they threaten you? Oh, in a general sort of way. But you know how thugs and underworld scum are. They talk big, but most of them it's blood. Yes, yes, I know, but sometimes... Hello, Danny. Oh, hello, Mr. Dawes. Oh, hello, Mannigan. What, what happened? I'll tell you, going back in the police car. Okay, Danny. Mr. Dawes, you better have a couple of your men you can trust. Act as a bodyguard till I can get some men from the police department assigned to you. In the meantime, we're going to track down this gang of crooks and put them where they can do no more harm. Come on, Mannigan. Back to headquarters. <laughs> headquarters, Commissioner Donnelly, upon hearing Dan's story, wanted full speed ahead in a drive to round up the crooked slot machine racketeers. Late that night, Dan Garrett is in secret conference with Dr. Franz at his little apothecary shop. You know, I've got a hunch, Doc, that there's going to be something brewing out at the carnival tonight after the crowd has gone home. And I suppose the Blue Beetle will be buzzing around out there. Right. And probably nipping, too. Uh, look out he doesn't get nipped himself. Uh, not a chance. At least not permanently. Not with this Blue Beetle costume and mask. This Blue Beetle chain armor has saved my life many times. As long as I'm on the alert, nobody can overcome the Blue Beetle. I hope you'll always be on the alert, Danny. I'd hate to lose you. Oh, you've been a swell friend, Doc. I owe my life to you and this chain armor you made me. I'm working on something else that will be a great help to you, I believe, in your crusade against crime. What's that, Doc? A fluid that painted on your body or your suit of armor will make you practically invisible. Hey, have you got any of it here? Yes, yes, uh, but it isn't perfected yet. What's it like? Well, you know that every object we can see has some color to it. Yeah. And as long as that color is in the color spectrum, the human eye can see the object. Yes. But if the object is some shade outside the color spectrum, it is invisible to the human eye. Oh, I see. And this liquid you're working on is outside that color band. Ah, then if I painted myself with this liquid, I'd be invisible. Yes, yes, temporarily. What do you mean? Well, I've got to find a fixer. Something to add to the formula which will preserve the invisible qualities of the fluid longer. At present, it oxidizes too quickly and becomes visible to the human eye within a few minutes. Here, uh, here's some of it here in this jar. Ah, say, that's very interesting. Well, if you had it perfected, I could use it on this blue... Quiet, quiet. There's someone out in the front of the shop. You stay here and I'll see who it is. Hello, in there. Is anybody home? Uh, coming, coming. Oh, hello, hello, Officer Mannigan. And what brings you here at this hour? Oh, I was passing by and just thought I'd drop in. Is Danny here? Huh? Uh, no, uh, no, Danny's not here. Well, then I think I'll wait a bit if you don't mind, Doc. Maybe he'll turn up. Well, I uh, hardly think you'll find Don Garrett here tonight, Mannigan. Hmm. Uh, by the way, have you seen the Blue Beetle around? The Blue Beetle? You mean the fantastic character who's always outwitting the police? He won't outwit them forever. Someday I'm going to catch up with that baby, and when I do... Oh, well, I... Now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I have... Uh, by the way, Doc, some neighbors of yours was telling me they've seen the Blue Beetle in this neighborhood late at night. What? Would you be knowing anything about that? Well, I, I rarely go out at night. I, I spend most of my time in my laboratory. Is that it back there, that room? Uh, yes, uh, yes. I never saw one of them things. Do you mind if I take a look at it? Well, well, I'd rather you... Uh, you see, I, I'm making some experiments. Oh, I and, uh, won't touch anything, Doc. I just want to look. Well, uh, well, the uh, What is it? What is it? What do you see? Hmm. So, that's a laboratory. <laughs> what a place. Yes. Yes, that's the laboratory. Must be great to have brains like you, Doc. Well, so long. I've got to be going. Uh, tell Danny I was in. Yes, yes, I will, Mannigan. Uh, good night, uh, and keep your eyes open for the blue beetle. 
Danny. Danny, where are you? Right beside you. What? Yes, when I heard Manigan outside, I quickly coated myself with your new formula. When he looked into the laboratory, I was standing right in front of him. Well, well, that certainly was a great test. But the effects are beginning to wear off. I can see a slight tinge of the blue of the blue beetle armor shining through. Hey, Doc, I've got to be on my way. I'd like to take some of this liquid along with me and use it tonight. All right, Danny, all right. Uh, but be careful. Remember, the effects fade away quickly. Thanks, Doc. Say, those racketeers will get the surprise of their lives when they hear the blue beetle but can't see him. You'd better hurry, Danny. It's, it's about closing time for the carnival. Yeah. Uh, the blue beetle will have to really ride the night wind tonight. <laughs> What will the Blue Beetle do over at John Doerr's carnival? Will he run head-on into a band of slot machine crooks? Can he again make himself invisible with Dr. Fran's magic formula? through the night speeds the Blue Beetle in his fast motor car. As he nears the carnival, he parks his car in a hidden spot and approaches John Doerr's tent on foot. So you won't sign up, eh? No. Not for any crooked schemes like yours. Okay, it's your funeral, Doerr. Work on him, Frenchie. How about it, Doerr? The answer is still no. Give it to him again, Frenchie. <coughs> so you won't sign, eh? Well, here's some more of the same. The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. Oh, there is no Blue Beetle here. It's a trick. George got a phonograph planted someplace. That's so. Well, here's something planted, and it wasn't a phonograph. No. Hey, Frenchie, what is it? Me, I do not know. I see nothing. Well, maybe you can see stars. Come on. Come on, let's get out of here before I go up me nuts. I can't fight those. Wait a minute. Let me help you on your way with my foot. Now get going, both of you. And if the Blue Beetle ever sees you again, I'll blast you wide open. Come on, Frenchy. we got to tell the boss about this. Are you all right, Dora? I don't know. I can't see you. Am I blind? No, Dora, you're not blind. I do as I tell you. Go to police headquarters and report what just happened. All right. I will. And don't worry. The Blue Beetle's on the job. I'm going to trail those men. Maybe they'll lead me to their hangout. Now get going. The Blue Beetle's got a lot of missing to do. Will the Blue Beetle catch up with the thugs who are beating John Doerr? What about the invisible paint? Will it wear off before the Blue Beetle reaches his destination? What will he find when he gets there? Out of the carnival grounds, dash the Blue Beetle, just in time to see the two thugs drive off in a long sedan. Jumping into his own car, the Blue Beetle gave chase until out on the river road. Those thugs are taking the road that leads to the old haunted house. That must be the headquarters. I'll have to take a chance. My invisible paint is wearing off. I'll force them off the road and they'll have to stop. Come on, me hearties. I'll take you both at once. That's for old man door. And that's for law and order. Settle up, Frenchy. Settle up. Oh, no, you won't, Frenchy. That'll take care of you. Put up your hands, Blue Beetle. I'll kill you so. Not tonight, you won't. <laughs> 
Here's a face full of knuckles for you. Well, he's done for a while. Let's see, I'd better not use my invisible paint. I may need the little flat to use later. How can I get into that house up there? I think I'll just take one of these thugs over here and... What are the Blue Beetle's plans? Here's the haunted house, the headquarters of the crooked slot machine racketeers. Let's look in on this weird and mysterious looking place. Look through the peephole and see who that is, Maggie. Okay. It's Croker and Frankie. All right, raise the arm, Carmel, and let's miss them. Okay. Hello, Chief. Me and Frenchy's back. Yeah, so I see. What have you to report? Well, Frenchy and me, we went to see old man Dura, like you told us, and we gave him the works, but he wouldn't sign up for the machines. Did you tell him the Duke sent you? Sure, boss. Why didn't you use further persuasion? We were just going to, and suddenly there was a funny humming sound and a crackle. Go on. Well, from out of the air, a voice, what said he was the Blue Beetle, told us to lay off the old man. Was it dark? No, it was light enough, but we couldn't see nobody but the old man. Go on, then what happened? The Blue Beetle started slapping us around. Ah, ridiculous. You must have been drunk. On me word, Chief. We were sober as a judge. Am I right, Frenchie? Me. It is as you say. Huh? What's the matter, Frenchie? Why don't you raise your head? Oh, my neck. She is hurt. A Blue Beetle, he hit me hard. Yeah. Now, like I said, Chief... When we couldn't see no one to fight, we beat it out of there. But the Blue Beetle followed us in his car, and just down the road here, he forced us over to the side, and we had to stop. Then he rushed us, and before we could plug him, he conked us both on a bean, and we passed out. When I come to, I was in the car, and Frenchy here was driving. And the Blue Beetle? He had disappeared. Hmm. A likely story, Kroger. Suppose you step aside. I want to talk to Frenchy. Uh, he'll tell you the same story. Gee, boys, we got to be ready. The Blue Beetle may be here any minute. Yeah. The blue beetle is here. What do you mean? Frankie, take off that hat and coat. It's the blue beetle himself disguised as Frenchy. Yes, the blue beetle, and he is going to... Well, blue beetle, I've got you covered. Put away that gun. You can't injure the blue beetle. The blue beetle seems fond of appearing and disappearing. Every time he does appear, another bunch of rats are brought to justice. Mm. I'm happy at last to have met the blue beetle face to face. But I regret that the meeting must be so brief. I have seen you. I wish to see you no more, so... <laughs> Down you go, Blue Beetle, through the trapdoor into my subterranean sewer. <laughs> you like to chase rats, as you call them? Well, you can get your stomach full of them down there. Maybe they'll turn the tables and chase you, Mr. Blue Beetle. <laughs> Kroger closed the trap door. Sure, boss. Yeah, sure. Anything you say, boss. Now, listen to me. You'd better get this straight with no bungling if you don't want to join the Blue Beetle. Not me, boss. It was Frenchy's fault the other time. He didn't slug the old man hard enough before the Blue Beetle showed up. I don't want any excuses. I want results this time. Yes, boss. You go and see John Doe again. Tell him there's a grand a week in it for him if he signs up with us. If he refuses again, tell him the Blue Beetle's dead. Offer to prove it to him by bringing him here. Go easy on him this time. But either get his signature to a contract to install our slot machines at the carnival or bring him out here. Have you got that straight? Sure, boss. You better have. 
Now, one thing more. If you don't come back with Dorr's signature or with Dorr himself, you'll be pushing up daisies when spring comes round again. Hey, listen, boys. That's a cop. Yeah. How did they find out? You we... stupid fool. You must have left a frame of my wife. No, boys. Nobody saw us but the blue beetle. You hide, Kroger. Behind that screen over there. They've got nothing on me. I'll meet them. Good night. You stand by. Okay, boys. Open up to the name of the law. Night. Raise that iron panel. Yes, yeah, sure. All right, boys. You got your guns? Here we go. Come on. Good evening, gentlemen. Calling rather late, aren't you? The law's on the job 24 hours a day. That's admirable. Something wrong? Yes. You. Me? What have I done? Your thugs have tried to kill an old man, and you were trying to install your crooked slot machines at the carnival. I assure you, you've made a mistake, Sergeant. I ain't, Sergeant. It's plain Officer Manigan, and we ain't made no mistake. The Blue Beetle phoned us ten minutes ago. Now I know you're mistaken, Officer Manigan. The Blue Beetle couldn't have phoned you. Oh, the Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle, the Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. It must be a ghost. The Blue Beetle. No, not dead. Just invisible. No, no, it, it can't be. I saw him drop down that wall. Well, what's that you trying to say? He's trying to tell you, Manigan, that he saw me drop to my death. Through that trap door you're standing on. Holy Moses, I never noticed it. Let's get off quick. Hey, where are you, Blue Beetle? I'm here, there, everywhere a criminal tries to hide. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. Not till you confess to this crime. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Come on, confess, you crook, or I'll choke it out of you. No, 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 no. Take me away from here. Take me to police headquarters. I'll confess. Only don't let the Blue Beetle's ghost get me. All right, guys, put the handcuffs on. All right, Manigan. Very good work, Blue Beetle, wherever you are, and uh, thanks. But don't forget, someday I'm going to catch up with you. And when I do, I'm going to run you in just on general principles. That's okay with me, Manigan. But remember, you first got to catch me. <laughs> so long, Manigan. Give my regards to the commissioner. <laughs> broke up another racket that was preying on unsuspecting amusement seekers. What happened when he fell through the trap door? How did he escape from his living tomb? Let's look in on Dr. Flannan's little apothecary shop, where Patrolman Dan Garrett is relaxing after a strenuous night. <laughs> oh, Danny boy, you sure have luck, <laughs> don't I? You know, when I felt myself falling, I twisted myself so I landed on my feet. The twist must have thrown me to one side so that instead of landing on the concrete floor... I landed in a fairly deep stream of water that falls under the cellars of that haunted house. Uh, remarkable. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh, what did you do then? Well, I let myself be carried along by the stream, keeping my head above water whenever I could. And how far did it carry you? Oh, about 500 feet underground. When I came up in the open, I quickly covered myself with your invisible paint, rushed back to the house, and entered with the police. Uh, excuse me a minute. There's someone's out front in the store. Oh, hello, Doc. I wanted some quinine. My host has got a touch of the flu. Oh, dear, dear, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, just a minute. Uh, here you are. Uh, that will be ten cents. Mm-hmm. Here's a quarter. Say, did you hear? That mysterious killer on horseback has killed another cop. Another one? That makes the sixth in as many days. Oh, here's your change. Mm, thanks. Yep. 
Yeah, strange the police can't seem to do nothing about it. Well, here's one policeman that's going to do something about it. And right now. Oh, Sewage Patrolman Dan Garrett. Yeah. So long, Doc. If Manigan calls, I'm over at police headquarters. What is this new scourge that has struck the city? Six policemen shot in one week by a mysterious horseman. Undoubtedly a strange, deadly maniac. Will Dan Garrett run into Earth? Or will it take the Blue Beetle to avenge these deaths? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. And now here's The Blue Beetle to say a few words. The moral of this story is that Courage will often win against any and all odds. If you are right, stick to your gun through thick and thin, and you'll come through somehow. All of the real leaders of our day in every human endeavor have courage. Call it nerve, bravery, whatever you will. But acquire it if you haven't already got it. And hold on to it, for it's very, very precious. This country we live in was built on courage. The Blue Beetle is a copyrighted Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine and the Blue Beetle Magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on the same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspaper. And don't forget to listen in to The Blue Beetle. upon the underworld to smash gangland, the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a true state of the law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask in a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled, Death Strikes from the East. In the city's Chinatown, sons of the Orient are restless, uneasy. The police department expects war between rival tongues to break out at any moment, and is prepared. What is behind this uneasiness? Is it something that concerns only the Chinese? Or is there an occidental hand at work, pulling the strings like a phantom puppeteer? As our story opens, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret is the Blue Beetle, 
discusses the situation with his friend and confidant, Dr. Ferns, in his little apothecary shop. You know, Doc, leaning here on this counter, it's hard to realize that you and I are only a few city blocks away from the Orient. You're referring to Chinatown? Yeah. I wish I knew what was going on down there. Do you think rival towns are about to war on each other? No, nope, I don't. Then what do you think is causing this unrest the newspapers speak of? Fear and resentment. Resentment? Of whom? Of us. You mean the police? No. Yep. The white race. But what have we done to them? We don't molest them. No, it isn't that. I think there's some sort of a racket going on down there. Are you going to do anything about it? Well, I'm going to ask the chief to assign me to a beat in Chinatown. Ah, uh, you'd better be careful, Danny. You could disappear down there and no one would ever find you. Oh, I'll be careful, all right. I've got a friend down there. A Chinese? Yeah. Restaurant keeper, Ling Wan. Cultured gentleman. I saved his life once and he's never forgotten. I'd imagine he could be very helpful. Well, I've got to run down to headquarters now. Maybe Mannigan and I can both get assigned to that district. Well, good luck to you, Danny boy. Thanks, Doc. So long. The Coleman Dan Garrett is headed for the Orient. Johnny, it's a wonder to me there ain't more big fires down here in Chinatown. Why, Mike? Well, everything's so congested. How's a fire engine ever going to get through here? Well, I'd be willing to bet that if I should sound a siren on this car, we'd have a clear track ahead almost immediately. Yeah, them babies can certainly scatter in a hurry. <laughs> hey, what's that, though? That's fun smashing up that Chinese restaurant. Come on, Mannigan. That looks like Lou Warren's place. Okay. Hey, what kind of talk is that? World with me, I. It was a bunch of hoodlums. Rolling one. Ah, my friend, the Honorable Dan Garrett. After the whirlwind, the face of the sun appears to spread light upon a dark and dirty scene. I'm afraid the face of the sun has appeared too late to be of any help to you, Ling Wan. That which has been is done. Yeah, but where's the law? And we want to know who done it. Oh, Ling Wan, this is my friend and brother officer, Mike Mannigan. The devastation which is mine is honored by the presence of a friend of the brave and honorable Dan Garrett. Well, now, uh, we'd like to get the facts in this case. Uh, suppose you let me talk with Ling Wan Mannigan, or you make a report on this. I've had a hunch something like this was happening frequently here in Chinatown. Merchant refuses to pay tribute money to the one you call the Purple Dragon and to buy his merchandise to him. His shop is wrecked as yours was just now. That is true, my friend. The Purple Dragon controls the commerce of Chinatown. But what happens if the merchant still refuses to deal with the Purple Dragon after his place of business is wrecked? Some member of his family disappears. If it is an elder son... He meets the hatchet man in some dark street. 
If a younger son, he is found strangled. If the merchant has only daughters, one of them is kidnapped and offered as a human sacrifice to please the Tibetan earth goddess. You mean to say that they're actually sacrificed? Killed? There is a ceremonial conducted by the purple dragon which includes human sacrifice. Before the ceremony, however, the victim's hair is cut off and sent to her parents. If a sufficient amount of money is paid, the victim is released. Good Lord, Lingwan. Why hasn't the police been informed of this? One does not seek certain death needlessly. The purple dragon spies are everywhere. Lingwan, you're taking a great risk in having me in your home. But I assure you something will be done immediately to end this state of affairs. Who is this purple dragon? Have you any idea? He must be a powerful oriental. There is a growing suspicion that the purple dragon is not of our race, but of yours. What? A white man? I am sorry to say it, my friend, but it is so. Well, Dan Garrett is going to do something about that, and he's starting right now. I've sworn to uphold the law, to serve justice, to drive every crooked racketeer from this city. This extortion racket must be smashed. method of extracting money from honest businessmen. And you say Ling Wan believes the purple dragon to be a white man? That's right. He must be a very rich man. Yes, I imagine there are very few who refuse to pay tribute or to purchase their supplies through that crook. Well, so far as you know, the purple dragon has confined his extortion activities to Chinese merchants. Yes. I feel certain that if his operations extended beyond the confines of Chinatown, the police would have heard of it. I wonder what the extra's about. Well, just a minute, Doc. I'll buy a paper. Yes, you read all about it. Commissioner Warren said a kidnap. Here you are, boy. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, the extra. Read all about it. Well, what do you know about this, Doc? Well, what is it, Danny? Commissioner Warren's daughter was kidnapped last night as she left a dance at the casino. Commissioner Warren? Yes, the commissioner of markets. Oh, I wonder what's back of that. The kidnappers can't expect to get much money out of Warren. He's not wealthy. No, and he's one of our most efficient officials. Say, you don't think. Well, what is it, Danny? I'm going over to Commissioner Warren's house and make a little investigation. <laughs> hey, hey, what's that? There's someone just threw a stone through the store window. Oh, here it is. There's a note tied to it. Well, what does it say, Danny? It says, devastating tornado descend upon honorable place of business. If inquisitive patrolman Garrett extends nose into Chinatown, it's signed the Purple Dragon. Uh, let me see that note. Yeah. Apparently written with a brush that the Chinese use. Yes, yes. But, uh, but it wasn't written by a Chinese. What do you mean? The Chinese writing is distinctive. The technique of Chinese brush writing is such that even if the Chinese were writing in English, the brush marks would be distinctively Chinese. Uh, this note was written by a man who at one time might have lettered addresses on shipping cases. Uh, a shipping clerk, I would say. Well, that's very interesting, Doc. Uh, the purple dragon, or whoever writes his notes for him, is a white man. 
Well, the doctor, look, spikes my guns. I can't endanger you and your business. Oh, don't be silly, Daddy. Don't be silly. Your duty comes first. I can take care of things here. And just let somebody start something. There are things in my laboratory back there that will make them wish they'd stayed away. Well, I've got to be going, Doc. Take care now and don't worry. I'm not going to Chinatown. My next call is in the opposite direction. Commissioner Warren, I... I've been assigned by the police commissioner to do a little investigating in this case. Yes, I'm glad you have my boy. I'd appreciate any information you could give me, Commissioner. I'll give you what I can. Have you... Have you any enemies? Yes, plenty of them. In my position, there are bound to be individuals and groups who resent my interference with their attempts to extort money from the firms that do business with the city. Oh, there is an extortion racket. Well, yes. At least I am convinced that many merchants are paying out money to protect their goods and places of business from destruction. In, uh, in Chinatown, for instance? Well, yes. How did you know? I have a friend in Chinatown. Mm, I see. Well, to be frank with you, I've been conducting a quiet investigation down there. You think your daughter's kidnapping is in retaliation? I'm certain it is. Why? This note. I received it about an hour ago. Here, read it. Mm. The Tibetan earth goddess is angry. You are interfering with her plans. Unless you cease your efforts, you will never see your daughter again. Signed, the Purple Dragon. Hmm. This note was written by a white man also. I beg pardon, what did you say? Hmm? Oh, I, uh, I said this note was written... Excuse me. Messenger leaves package for honorable commissioner. Well, thanks, Ling Chow. Who was it? Ling Chow, no, see. Messenger, push button, leave package on doorstep, run away. All right, then, Charles, you may go. Uh, better not open that, Commissioner. Hmm? Might be a time bomb or some type of infernal machine that'll explode when open. It doesn't feel heavy enough. Any sound of ticking? Not that I can hear. Better let me have that package. I'll open it. You stand over there. Now be careful, Garrett. Folks can't afford to lose men like you, you know. Thanks, Commissioner. Well, here goes. Hmm. What is it? A box full of golden hair. My daughter. Her hair is that color. You don't think so? Oh, no, she's not dead yet, but something will have to be done quickly, and I'm going to do it. What are you going to do, Dan? I've got a hunch, and I'm going to play it. What can I do to help? Call up the Income Tax Bureau and find out if you can which two or three persons in the city showed the greatest increase of income last year. Also, find out anything else you can about them. When you get the information, phone it to Dr. Fran or to me at his shop. I'm certain that one of these persons will prove to be the Purple Dragon. activities draw down upon his good friend, Dr. Fran, the wrath of the purple dragon? What will happen when the blue beetle faces the purple dragon? Meanwhile, in the room adjoining the auditorium of a little Chinese theater, deep within the confines of Chinatown, 
A group of hard-faced men are receiving instructions from their chief. I want you men to get this straight. There must be no slip-up. At 11.30 tonight, you have Commissioner Warren in this theater, or else. I don't care how you get him here, but get him. Sure, boys, we'll get him. Bring him in the back way. Put him in one of the boxes to the left of the stage. Is that clear? Yes. You two men stay with him. Tell him if he makes a move to escape, he'll never see his daughter alive again. You got that straight? Yeah, we got that straight. Well, and you leave the rest to the purple dragon. In Dr. Fern's laboratory, Dan Garrett is donning the mask and blue chain armor of the Blue Beetle. Oh, uh, Danny, Commissioner Warren called just before you arrived. Oh, what did the commissioner have to say? Uh, he said the two most financially successful men last year were Roger Gillespie, the contractor, and a fellow by the name of Anthony Rondos. Gillespie seems to have made a fortune during the building boom last year, and Rondos apparently made a great success of the importing business. Mm. Rondos is our man, I'm sure of it. Where's he live, did Warren say? Yes, he recently bought... Home. I know that place. Yes, Danny, I know. I remember you visited the house secretly one night while you were making an investigation of Banker Ridley's strange death on the operating table. That's the place. Well, that'll be the beat Blue Beetle's first call tonight. So long, Doc. Commissioner, if you want to see your daughter again, alive. 
Uh, all right. What is it you want? The Purple Dragon wants you to resign as Commissioner of Market. What? Never. I've sworn to protect the merchants of this city against extortion rackets, and I intend to do it. Better think it over, Commissioner. This part your daughter's playing is awful dangerous. Come on, Commissioner. This is the place. In you go. Maybe you'll change your mind when you see the play. Meanwhile, in his laboratory, Dr. Franz is working on some of his interesting experiments.
Human sacrifice must be made upon the altar. No, no, that's my daughter. I am. Ever can God speak again? A voice say, death to white maiden. No, no, I'll do anything. What is it you demand? Why, infidel, interfere with pre-sacrificence of goddess. He encouraged Chinese merchants to withhold tribute. I, pre-sacrificence of dragon, demand you resign from high office. No, I won't resign. This is a racket. You're in your time to cut both the fingers! Oh, 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 Reincarnation of the Oriental God, the final judgment. It's a blue beetle, man. Crazy Chinese man compared to the Oh, no, no, he's a fake. The real blue beetle is in the ball of my home. When Chow put him there. Oh, Father's impression. He calls for sacrifice. Oh, oh, Father's. I give you your... Cut that quarter of West with my magic ray. The world of Father's is in ruling. He cannot be touched.
Dr. Franz is working on a portable television set. Will it be successful? How can the Blue Beetle use it to run down criminals? What will be the Blue Beetle's next case? These questions will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. Fox feature appearing in Mystery Men Comics Magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspapers and don't forget to listen in. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled The Sea Serpent. Rumors have reached the city that a sea serpent has been ravaging the nearby coast. Already, several bodies have been washed ashore. Each of them has borne the mark of a serpent's fangs. What is behind these rumors? Are they true? Is there really a sea serpent ravaging the coast? Or is there a definite plan on foot to frighten people away from the shore resort? As our story opens, Dr. Franz is listening to the radio while dusting the shelves of his little apothecary shop and awaiting the usual morning call of his young friend, Patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret is really the Blue Beetle. Oh, hello, hello, Danny. Hey, what's that, a radio? Don't tell me you're going to modernize this quaint little shop of yours. No, it's not that bad. I just thought I'd like to have a little music once in a while. The customers also like to get the baseball scores. Mm-hmm. Fine. Uh, what are you and Mike Manigan doing these days? Any special assignment? No, not the little quiet since we chased those racketeers out of Chinatown. Uh, what do you think about this sea serpent scare? I don't really know what to think 
Other such things as sea serpent duck, well, the term sea serpent has been associated with huge dragon-like creatures we read about. But as a matter of fact, a serpent can be any size. According to reports, the bodies of these bathers who were bitten showed signs of having been poisoned. That's strange. We interrupt our regular program to bring you a special news bulletin. Breaker City. The body of another bather was brought ashore by lifeguards this afternoon. The bather, a man about 50, showed signs of distress while swimming about 300 feet offshore. His cries for help were immediately answered by lifeguards who rushed to his rescue. However, when brought to shore, he failed to respond to efforts at restoration and died on his way to the hospital. Doctors who examined the man reported finding marks upon the man's leg resembling snake bites. They contend that the man did not drown, but died from the effects of poison. Late news dispatches will be given over this station as received. We continue now with our regularly scheduled program. Yes, in fact, I'd say the whole thing looks very fishy to me, if you'll excuse the pun. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, our territory doesn't extend beyond the city limits. But I'm going to ask the commissioner to let Officer Manigan and me take a run down to Breaker City and see what we can uncover. That's a good idea, Danny. The sea air will do you good. If I go, I'll drop in the sea when I get back. Are you wearing the poison detector ring I gave you, Danny? Wouldn't be without it. You may find it useful on this case. Remember... The stone turns from green to yellow in the presence of poison. I know. Well, so long, Doc. If I catch a sea serpent, I'll stuff him and bring him back to you. Well, sure, it's dark driving through these pine woods. Yes, and the rain doesn't make driving any easier. You know, it, it seems kind of strange to be working on a case in cities. They don't feel right somehow. I guess I must have feel that the police captain shine at me police badge. <laughs> you still look like a cop, Manigan. Do I, Danny? Yeah. Nobody'd ever mistake you for anything but an honest-to-goodness cop. Well, and that's what I am, I am. And I'm proud of it. Hey, say, there's a light ahead. Oh, that must be the lake house. Maybe they can put us up for the night. We can drive over to Breaker City in the morning. Yeah, that's a swell idea. I'll pull in and you run in and see if they can take care of us, eh? Good evening. Kind of wet outside, isn't it? Yes. Well, whether the duck uh, traveling far. My friend and I are on our way to Breaker City. We saw your lights and decided to stop off for the night. Uh, are you the clerk? I'm the owner. <laughs> Own several hotels there on the lake here. Oh, I, I beg your pardon. Got any accommodations? Sorry, but we're all filled up. Mm, business must be good. Or has the rain forced the tourists inside? Yeah, it isn't the rain. We're having the best season we ever had. That's so. I thought the summer resorts were complaining about poor business. Not here at Pine Manor Lake. Well, I guess we'll have to keep going. It isn't far to break the city. You'll find plenty of accommodation there. Well, if you're filled up, they'll be too. I hardly think so. They're not doing so well this season. This sea serpent scare seems to be keeping people away from the seashore. But one man's misfortune is another man's gain. We seem to be getting the business that usually goes to the seashore. 
that so? Well, that's very interesting. Tonight, I'm more anxious than ever to get to Breaker City. Hey, Danny. <laughs> this is a swell room they gave us overlooking the ocean and only four books double. Yes, we must be the only guest in the hotel. Hey, the lobby is as dead as a museum after closing hours. How about a bite to eat before we turn in? That's a good idea. Let's go in the coffee shop here. Yes, sir. Come in. Uh, some java, a piece of apple pie a la mode, and uh, a slice of cheese. Eh? Yours, mister? Uh, well, my friend here is dieting, but I'm hungry. Bring me a glass of hot milk and a toasted roll. For such a husky lad, you're a small eater, Danny. Ah, uh-huh, but what I eat makes muscle. Say, look through that window out there in the boardwalk. Isn't that Joan Mason of the Chronicle? Yeah. Yeah, she's coming this way. And there's a man following her. Hey, Daddy, come on. Take your hands off that girl. Get it. Beat it, Wayne. Get her out crooked. You and who else? Drop that gun. Oh, yeah? Well, how do you like this? After him, Daddy. I can't run. He got me in the leg. Is it bad? No, just a flesh wound. I'd better stay here and look after you and Miss Mason. Oh, Danny, I was never so glad to see anyone in my life. Are you all right? Yes, but what about Officer Manigan here? He can't walk. I'll be all right if Danny will lend me a shoulder to lean on. Oh, come on, Mike. We'll get you into the hotel and call a doctor. In the morning, we'll send you back to the city, a wounded hero. Okay. But right now, I want that piece of apple pie a la mode with cheese and the cup of java. You say, Joan, you talked with one of the lifeguards who has made several rescues? Yes, I told him I was investigating the sea serpent story for the Chronicle. What did he say? He said that in each case he'd seen... Something that looked like a serpent's tail lashed out of the water just before the victim cried for help. Well, have you found anyone else who claims to have seen the sea serpent? No, I haven't. Hmm. That's strange. Yes, isn't it? Where did you pick up this man who was following you? In a restaurant on the boardwalk. He came in while I was eating and followed me when I left. Well, this sea serpent scare is either a practical joker's plan gone haywire... Well, it's a well-thought-out scheme to ruin the season for Breaker City. Doesn't look like a joke to me. Mr. Downs, the owner of this hotel, is ready to commit suicide. He's losing thousands of dollars every day. Well, you better get some sleep. I'll see you in the morning. What about Manigan? Oh, I'll put him on the train and ship him back to the city. The doc said his wound wasn't serious. But he won't be much help to us here. How about meeting me out on the pier? They're pulling in the net at sunrise, and they may catch a sea serpent. <laughs> I'll be there with some salt for his tail. Hey, we better hurry, Joan. They're starting to haul in the net. I'm right with you. Oh, there's Mr. Downs. I want you to meet him. Good morning, Mr. Downs. Oh, hello, Miss Mason. This is Dan Garrett. Beautiful day, sir. Maybe to some people, but not to me. You seem down in the mouth. Uh, you'd be down in the mouth if everything you'd strive for was gradually slipping away from you. I understand you're financially interested in Baker City. 
I own the Sunset Hotel, for one thing. If sea serpent business is making it tough for you. Tough is not the word. I'm on a special assignment from the New York City Police Department investigating this case. Oh, are you? Well, I certainly hope you can clear up this mystery. It's costing us hotel and concession owners thousands of dollars a day to keep open. There's no business except day excursionists. Well, I'll certainly do what I can. Uh, suppose you and Miss Mason come with me. I, I want you to meet Professor Meredith. He's an authority on fish and such things, and uh, he's in charge here. I'd like to meet him. All right, boys. You can begin hauling in the net. Oh, Professor Meredith. Oh, good morning, Mr. Dowd. Uh, good morning. I'd like to have you meet Miss Mason of the Chronicle, Mr. Garrett of the York City Police. Oh, I'm happy to meet you both. Thank you. Uh, by the way, who's that man standing over there? The one with the dark hair. Oh, that's Fred Nash, one of the lifeguards. Yeah, and he's the man. Yes, I thought I'd seen him before. I did, uh, Oh, I was just telling Miss Mason uh, how long it'll be before you pull up the net. Oh, they're pulling them up now. In just a moment, we'll discover if our hall contains the sea serpent. All right, then. Bring the net over to here. Keep the sides up. We don't want to lose anything. Okay. Mr. Downs didn't die from the effects of submersion. 
Then died from the effect of a poisonous bite. Then you think there were two punctures on Mr. Downs's leg? Like those left by the fangs of a fairly large serpent. No one saw anything in the water. Strange how the effect of that serpent's bite is exactly like the bite of a cobra. The reactions are identical. Could it be a water moccasin? You don't find water moccasins in the ocean. And their venom doesn't work in the same way. It works on the blood. Cobra venom works on the nerve center. Paralyzes the muscles. Controlling the act of breathing. Could it could it be a fish? I hardly think so. No. The punctures were more like those of a fairly large snake. There aren't any cobras that live in the water, are there? The nearest thing I can think of is a serpent which is found in the tropical waters of the Pacific Ocean. But it's never been found in these waters. Hmm. Well, I have found out what I want to know. What are you going to do now? I'm going back to the city to check with my friend Doc Friends. May be able to help on this case. When are you coming back? I'm not sure. Well, I think I'll stay a while and see what else I can pick up in this case for my newspaper. Okay, but keep away from those two lifeguards. They're bad medicine. lifeguards of being implicated in these deaths. Yes, I do. I'm convinced of it. What makes you so sure? All the time I was rowing the boat for the two lifeguards and Mr. Downs back to shore, the stone in the poison detector ring was bright yellow. That's the poison in Mr. Downs' body. No. You see, after they took him away, the stone was still yellow. What about the man who tried to abduct Miss Mason and shot Lanigan? Didn't you say he resembled one of the guards? He was one of the lifeguards. But I didn't let on. I recognized him. I didn't want to spoil my chances of getting enough evidence to convict him in this larger case by showing my hand in the case of simple assault. Mm, very wise, very wise. But what are you going to do now? Put on my blue beetle armor and mask and... Uh, I'll answer it. Hello? Patrolman Dan Garrett? Yes. Yes, he's here. It's for you, Danny. Long distance. Long distance. Probably John Mason. Hello? Oh, hello, Professor Meredith. What? Joan Mason has disappeared, but she hasn't checked out of the hotel? Well, I can't get down there myself, but I'll see that several of our best men are sent down right away. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. What's the trouble, Danny? It looks as if someone had kidnapped Joan Mason. Help me with my Blue Beetle costume, will you, Doc? Why, certainly, Danny, certainly. Uh, where are you going? I'm driving down to Breaker City. But you just told Professor Meredith you weren't coming That's down. right. Dan Garrett isn't. But the Blue Beetle is... driving down in the moonlight than it was in the rain. Oh, there's somebody walking ahead of me in the road. He's got a long stick and a flashlight. Probably been fishing by moonlight. Want a lift? Oh, thanks, mister. Gee, <sighs> you're going to a masquerade in that costume? Uh, uh yes. Uh, that's the Blue Beetle. 
Say, I've heard of the Blue Beetle. You have, huh? What do people say about him? Well, they say he's a crusader against crime and that he's invulnerable. Probably the truth. Gee, that's swell. Oh, where are you going? Oh, I'm taking a ride in the moonlight. Were you going fishing in the moonlight? No, I'm going home. Oh. I thought that was a fishing rod you had there. No, that's for catching snakes. Here, you, you see the fork stand on it? Oh, yes. Yes, I see it now. What do you do with the snakes? Sell them. Sell them? Mm-hmm. To whom? Oh, a couple of fellows back there in the woods. What do they do with them? Eat them? Eat them? Oh, folks don't eat rattlesnakes. You mean to say you catch rattlesnakes alive and sell them? Sure. Dead rattlers ain't no good to them folks. Hmm. Say, if I gave you a dollar, do you think you could lead me to the place where these fellows you mentioned live? Well, sure I can. But you don't have to pay me a dollar, mister. I'll take you there for nothing. Okay, son. But you'll get the dollar just the same. I'll turn around at the next crossroad. We'll pay a moonlight visit to your rattlesnake buyers. <laughs> It's very unfortunate for you that you got as far as you did with your investigation. I'm sure your newspaper will miss your valuable services. What are you going to do with me? Make sure you won't disclose the information you have to anyone. You can't get away with this. Oh, you are in error, Miss Mason. We have gotten away with it in the past. We will again. The vacation business has been detoured to Pine Manor Lake. It will still follow that detour after your body is found floating in the ocean, a victim of a poisonous sea serpent. You wouldn't dare. Wouldn't dare? Fred, Joe. Yeah, boss? Suppose we leave Miss Mason with the Rajah there for a while while we step outside. Her education has been neglected. She has never met a six-foot cobra. No! You can't do that! You can't! Raise the lid of his cage and let him... The blue beetle! Yes, the blue beetle! He's going to nip harder than your cobra can strike. Open the cage, Joe. Then dive out the window. I've got the blue beetle covered with this gun. Save your bullets. You can't injure the blue beetle. Is that so, wise guy? Well, how do you like this? Let that be a lesson to you. Never telegraph your punches. Back up, you blue beetle. Oh, no, you don't. Well, how do you like this, blue beetle? A rattlesnake around your neck. (laughs) You're a fool. No snake can fight through this chain armor. Here, I give it back to you. Ah, take it off, take it off. He'll kill me, he'll kill me. Ah, you're yellow in your corner, you murderous crook. Look out, Blue Beetle. Don't tear the King Cobra's cage. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. I'll paralyze him with my magic ray. There, that'll hold him for a while. Now for the one around your neck, Slavitt. There. I 
should have let you die the agonizing death some of your victims have died. <laughs> I'm bitten. I'm poisoned. I'm going to die. By poison, Slavitt. The law will take care of you in the proper manner. Here, Miss Mason. Give me a hand. We'll handcuff these lifeguards to the snake's cages. They're still unconscious. Now, put these snakes back in their cages. There. You certainly have a powerful punch, Blue Beetle. I need that power. Now, Mr. Slavitt, we'll take care of you. Keep them away from me. Keep the snakes away from me. Here, get in this room here. What are you going to do with me? Don't let them at me. Get up. Here, get up on this chair and climb up onto those rafters. Oh, I can't. Now, I'll just pull the King Cobra's box over here, under you, and open the lid. Then we'll shut the door and let the Cobra guard you till the police arrive. I don't think you'll try to escape. Come on, Miss Mason. I'll drop you off at your hotel. You can phone a front-page scoop to your paper. And the heading will be Sea Serpent Hoax Exposed. Murderous racket smashed by the Blue Beetle. But, Danny, uh, how did the lifeguards operate? They couldn't take the cobra into the water with them. No, they, they extracted the poison from his poison sacks. Use it in two hypodermic needles taped together. The hypodermic syringes were small and easily concealed in the palm of their hands. But when did they inject the poison into their victims? As they rescued them. If some poor devil was taken with a cramp and called for help, the lifeguards would swim off or roll out to him. Then when they got to him, they'd put their twin needles in him and give him a shot of poison. Those points made a double incision. Then they'd bring him into shore to die a painful death from cobra venom. Well, what were the rattlesnakes used for? To feed the cobras. Professor Meredith told me that. Oh, I see. Well, how do you account for the stories of people actually seeing the sea serpent? Oh, they let their imaginations run riot after the lifeguards started the serpent story. Mm, I see. And you got your first clue from the poison detector ring I gave you? Yes, Doc. It was your gift to me that... Really saved the businessmen of Breaker City from ruination. Well, you did a good job, Danny. Yes, but I'm glad it's over. I never liked snakes. I'll fight them whether they crawl on their bellies or walk on two feet. And so another fiendish racket was smashed by the Blue Beetle. What will Dan Garrett's next assignment be? Where will the Blue Beetle strike next in his crusade against the underworld? These questions will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. Comics Magazine on sale at your newsstand. The Blue Beetle is on the air twice a week on this same station. Consult the broadcast schedule in your local newspapers. And don't forget to listen in.
Down upon the underworld of Smash Gangland comes the mysterious, all powerful character who is a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of The Blue Beetle is entitled The Frame-Up. Stanley Rogers, convicted of killing Bat Doylton, small-time loan shark and gambler, is in the death house at the state penitentiary awaiting death by electrocution. Rogers, scion of a prominent and respectable family, claims he shot in self-defense. But the jury thought otherwise. As our story opens, patrolman Dan Garrett who in secret is really the Blue Beetle, is entering the little apothecary shop of Dr. Franz, his confidant and friend. Hello, Doc. Where are you? I am back here. Is that you, Danny? Yes. What are you doing? Okay, I'm, I'm working on some experiments in my laboratory. Uh, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm feeling great. I've been waiting for you to show up. Anything special? Uh, here's something in the personal column of this morning's paper that might interest you. Hmm. To the Blue Beetle. I am desperate. My brother awaits death by electrocution for a crime he did not commit. Can you help me? Brenda Rogers. Well, that must be uh, Stanley Rogers who shot Bath Doylson, a small-time racketeer. Yes. Uh, rather a strange case, if I remember correctly. Rogers admitted he shot Doylson, but claimed it was in self-defense. He shot him with a pistol he found in Doylson's apartment, I believe. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it brought out in the trial that Rogers owed Doylson a large sum of money? Yes, he borrowed from him on several occasions to cover his gambling losses. Where did Rogers meet Doylson? He was introduced to Rogers by a girl, chance acquaintance at a gambling club. Oh, it's too bad. Rogers comes of a good family. I can't understand his getting mixed up in such a thing. Well, he was a little wild at college. Too much money to spend. Often at an early age, wasn't he? Yeah. He was really raised by an older sister who spoiled him. He's certainly in the spot now. Yes, he is. Uh, what are you going to do about that notice in the newspaper? Well, I'm going to pay a visit to young Rogers in the death house. Never talk with him. As Dan Garrett or as the Blue Beetle? As the Blue Beetle. But how are you going? I'd like to use some of your invisible paint, Doc, so that I can get to Rogers without anyone knowing it. It'll be dangerous if you're caught. I, uh, I haven't been able to perfect the liquid yet. Well, it'll serve my purpose. I won't be with Rogers very long. Well, be careful, Danny boy. Be I will. Don't worry, Doc. Well, i got to get down to headquarters now. If I can, I'll be back later to change into my Blue Beetle chain armor and mask. I'll be here to help you at any time you want me, Danny. Thanks, Doc. So long. I'm going to read up a little on the Rogers case. Yeah, that's it. And besides, I was waiting for you. I, uh, 
I want to ask you a few questions, Mike. Well, fire away, me boy. If it's about crime and criminals, Officer Mike Manigan is a regular encyclopedia. Encyclopedia? Yeah, that's it. What do you know about Bat Doylton? Oh, him. He was a small-time loan shark before the Rogers boy bumped him off. Do you think Rogers' killing of Doylton was premeditated? No, I don't. Neither do I. This Doylton guy was a bad egg. Where could I find out more about him? Well, maybe Charlie Storm of the Sun could help you out. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll give him a ring. Uh, say, Dan, why are you so interested in this Rogers case? Huh? Oh, I, I, I'm interested in the loan shark racket, and I want to find out all I can about those connected with it. Hello, son. Give me Charlie Storm, please. Well, maybe the commissioner would assign his vote to it if we asked him. Uh, later, perhaps, Mike. The present, I. Oh, hello, Charlie. This is Dan, Dan Garrett. Say, uh, what do you know about Bat Doylton? Yeah? Yeah, Maroney? Top man, huh? Really? That high? Say, that's very interesting, Charlie. I think I'll get busy and really dig into this loan shark business. <laughs> find out at police headquarters. I uh, phoned Charlie Storm with a son. He should be able to give you valuable information. He uh, told me that a man named Moroni was the top man in the loan shark racket. Was Doylson associated with him? No. Doylson's racket was to hang around the gambling halls and racetracks by means of attractive girls in his employ who strike up casual acquaintances with heavy betters, get himself introduced to a loser as a wealthy playboy whom one might touch for a loan. I see. But you say he wasn't working with Maroney. No. In fact, he was planning to set up a rival loan business, working among the poorer class of unfortunate people who really need money. But that's a legitimate business. Uh-huh. Not the way these loan sharks run it. Well, how do you mean? Well, let's say a man borrows $100. Yes. He also has to take out life insurance for the same people to assure the loan being paid back in case he dies. These costs and interest on the loan are pyramided so that in some cases the borrower has paid over five and six times the amount of the original loan. And he still owes the principal. Why, why, that's crooked business. Of course it is. And that's the racket the Blue Beetle is going to smash. Where is the Blue Beetle going to light first? In the cell of Stanley Rogers at the state penitentiary. Have you the liquid of invisibility, Danny? Yeah, right here, Doc. I'm going to use it. Go on, Doc. The Blue Beetle is going to fly right into jail. Meanwhile, in the electrocution chamber at the state penitentiary, some officials are testing the lethal equipment. How about the electrodes, Sam? Clean as a knife blade, Warden. And the straps? All in order, sir. Have you tried the switches? I was just about to do that, sir. All right. Shoot some juice through and check your dial. Yes, sir. Just a moment. I'll give her 1,800 volts and then jump it to 2,000. All right. What's your dial indicate, Sam? 2,000. That should be strong enough for young Rogers. Yes, too strong, in fact. But the court has ordered his execution, and it's our duty to carry out their order. Want any more? Nope. 
Shut everything off. That's all for today. I'm going to my office. I'd like to see you there later to check details for the execution in the morning. Yes, sir. Has uh, Father Callahan seen young Rogers today? I think he's with him now, sir. Ask him to see me in my office when he's finished with Rogers. My son, are there any messages you'd like me to give to anyone? What's the news, Father? Everyone thinks I'm a murderer. What about your sister, Brenda? She still believes in you. What can I say to her that she doesn't already know? Perhaps a little word of farewell? Farewell. Farewell. Yes, I'm going to farewell. I'm going to burn for something I didn't do. There, there, my son. You mustn't let yourself go like that. Try to face things bravely. Secure in the knowledge that there is another life after death. But I'm not ready for death yet, Father. I want my life now. Why can't somebody do something for me? I'm innocent. I'm innocent, I tell you. Everything possible to do has been done, my son. No word from the governor, Father. I'm sorry, my son. Perhaps later tonight. Your lawyer has been in touch with his secretary. We are all doing everything we can. Thank you, Father. I'm sorry I acted as I did. Please leave me now. I'd like to be alone. Very well. Good night, my son. Good night, Father. Oh, God, will you come with me, please? I'd like to speak with you a minute. Well, sure thing, Father. All right, with you. What was that humming? Was that the sound of... That was the sound of the blue beetle's magic ray. The blue beetle? Yes, the blue beetle. But I can't see any. I am invisible. What are you doing here? I've come to help you. Who sent you? Your sister. My sister? But how did she... Never mind how she got in touch with me. Now listen to what I have to say. Speak softly so the guard won't hear you. This invisibility of mine may not last long. All right. Now... Tell me what happened the night you shot Doylson. I didn't shoot him. But you admitted in court yes, that... I know I did. And at that time, I thought I had shot him. I... I don't understand. The night of the shooting, I'd gone to Doylson's apartment to ask him for more time in which to pay my application. Oh, hello, Rogers. Come to pay your notes? Well, I'd like to talk it over with you. Come in. Oh, uh, you know Maroney here? Yes, I met him at the Golden Pheasant Club. Hello, Rogers. Hello, Mr. Maroney. Well, I'll leave you two together. We've got private business to talk about. Oh, look, Maroney, why don't you step into the bedroom there and wait till I finish with Rogers? Won't take long, and you and I can finish our business. Okay, but make it snappy. I ain't got all. Now, what have you got to say, Rogers? Well, I, I can't tell you what I owe you now. If you'll wait till I get the principal of my father's estate next year, I'll pay you double. I can't wait that long. When I lend money, i got to get it back to lend to somebody else. That's how I make a living. But I thought... Don't be silly. Now listen. Every dollar I lend brings me back five or even ten dollars interest. The guys that borrow from me pay me back. Or else. But I can't pay you back now. Well, then tomorrow morning your boss is going to know about this. You can't do that. I'd lose my job at the bank... The disgrace would kill my sister. Hey, there's an idea. Your sister's got what it takes. She's a swell-looking gal. I could use her in my business. What do you mean? I could use her at the gambling joint. She could lead the customers on, persuade them to gamble heavily. 
They lose money, need to borrow, and she introduces them to me. That's what happened to me. Sure, sure. That's the way the old army game works. Why, you dirty, slimy rat. My sister wouldn't wipe her feet on you. Oh, well, maybe after I told her to jam you in, she might consider my proposition. That is, if she loves you, maybe she'd be worth more to me. You wouldn't dare approach her with any... I go on beat it, kid. I got other business tonight. I won't leave this room to you, promise that. I'll beat it. I say you're off well something off your head. Go on. You burst nothing off my head. This will stop you. Down that gun, Rogers. You can't get away. And that's just the way it happened. Then, then you did shoot Doylson, Rogers. I thought I did at the time, Blue Beetle. In the excitement, I imagined I pulled the trigger. But since then, as I think back, I know I didn't pull the trigger of that gun. Did you take the gun to Doylson's place with you? No. I saw it lying on the table near where I was standing in Doylson's apartment. But a bullet was fired from that gun. Moroni testified. Wait a minute. Moroni. Say, that gives me an idea. You think you could save me from... I don't want to die. I didn't shoot Dawson. I didn't. Take it easy, Roger. Look, all the guard have seen to get the warden here in a hurry. Tell him you want to make a statement. But what good will that? When the guard unlocks the cell door to let the warden in, I'll slip out. All right. All right, I'll do it. Oh, God. God. I want to see the warden. Oh, what? Oh, what? Goodbye. What did he have to say? 
The bullet was never checked against the gun. Well, that's strange. Yes, it is. But Sullivan's going to check them now, isn't he? Yes, and the Blue Beetle's going to check on Mr. Maloney. Anything special you'd like to take with you? Uh, yes, Doc. What about the midget portable television set you were working on? Well, it isn't ready yet. Oh, well, how about the midget portable sound recording device? Oh, oh that's ready. I'll get it for you. Thanks, Doc. I'll need it tonight. Here. Here you are, Danny. Now, uh, just slip it under your Blue Beetle armor. Okay. And where will the Blue Beetle fly tonight? To call upon Mr. Maloney first, and then upon the governor of the state. Everybody away from the governor. You know 
what'll happen to you if someone gets to him with a plea for a stay of execution. What's this? Well, I'll see that you keep on the job. You're the governor's private secretary. Oh, Jenny. Easy. Well, I, I, keep I, quiet, I, Jennings, and listen. Okay. But remember, if Rogers don't burn, it'll be just too bad for you. Goodbye. The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle. Now, what do you want, masquerader? Murderer of Bat Stoylson. Oh, yeah? Well, you've got the wrong address. You want the state penitentiary. You shot Doylson, Maroney. Yeah? How are you going to prove it? With the bullet that killed Doylson and your gun there. You think so? Well, I'll just give you a taste of this gun like I gave Doylson. <laughs> down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Oh, no. 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 I don't want to die. Steady, son. Steady. Oh. All right, Father. I'm all right now. It was just the sight of that. Faster, pilot, faster. An innocent man's life is at stake. Chamber. Well, I hopped over to Doylson's apartment before I came here. 
There's a bullet embedded in the woodwork behind the piano. I phoned the inspector, and he's sending someone over to investigate and make photographs. Then you Maroney think... fired that bullet into the wall out of the gun Rogers dropped after he ran from the apartment. Mm, I see. Maroney must have shot Dorison with his gun from the door of the bedroom as Rogers was pointing his gun at Dorison. That's correct. And in the emotional stress of the moment, Rogers believed he himself actually fired the shot. Yes, Maroney realized that and framed Rogers. Shameful, shameful. And to think that the governor's secretary was involved in this. Well, he was in fear of his life. He didn't dare cross up Maroney. Well, Danny, you've done a fine night's work. You better get some rest. Yes, Doc. I can use it. Well, so long. I'll see you later. Dan Garrett is going to put the Blue Beetle to bed. And so the Blue Beetle has done another noble deed. Saved a life and brought a murderer to justice. What will his next adventure be in his crusade against crime? That question will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.